Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. I hope, oh, we got to do better than that. Good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. All right, that was much better. I'm glad that you're here. Those of you who are in the house, thank you so much for being here today. Really glad that you're here with us. And for those who are joining online, thank you guys for joining online. Why don't we in the house give it up for those who are joining online this morning? Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your waffles while we're here, all right? So I just want to say that. Uh, we are uh, joined here on stage by uh, Justin Boyder, our next-gen pastor. And uh, I forgot to introduce him last time, so I made sure right out of the gate I got it. So anyway, uh, we've got John Brink here and Mark Bone. And uh, why don't you give it up for them this morning? We, uh, we as a church last week uh, got together in our community, as many of you know, many of you are a part of, and we served our community. We served some partners in our community, and we served as, as an emphasis during this message series called The Answer is Yes, where we're really focusing on what it means to say yes when called upon to serve and to share the message of Jesus and to minister. And so we thought this morning it'd be great for you to hear from some who have who served last week during serve day and uh so we've got mark uh who served uh with me actually at the boys and girls club and john who served on the beach and so uh man justin take it away here this morning yeah john you're our lucky winner for us to hear first from <laughs> you um just a little more of kind of what went on that morning and so i know you were part of the beach cleanup crew uh and that can seem pretty simple uh it's kind of self-explanatory to some extent but would you share just a little bit more about what did that morning really look like? Where were you guys at and kind of what all did that involve? Sure. Good morning, everyone. Um, we actually uh, signed up for the beach uh, cleanup and we met at Caligny. And a uh, number of people had showed up at Caligny that morning. So our leader for our, uh, our small group uh, decided that the seven of us in the uh, small group would break away and actually go to the Dunes house and meet there and uh, kind of police the area around the uh, the dunes house so we worked that part of the beach over in uh, palmetto dunes well that's so neat that you got to serve with your group um you know yeah. i know again kind of when you think about something as simple as just going to pick up trash you know maybe doesn't seem like there's a ton of spiritual significance to it but i'm sure part of getting to do it with your group had some of that for you and so i just wondered is there any particular ways that you really saw god at work that morning well very interesting i was talking with pastor todd earlier and we we were there obviously representing the church, but more obviously representing him. Mm. But if you looked at our yep. shirt, okay, it just said for HHI. And then there's inscription on the back, something about love. But um, so anyone on the beach, and it was fairly crowded that day, would not be able to tell that we were there actually representing a church. For all we knew, they thought we represented the town of Hilton Head, mm. <laughs> or maybe I was doing community service. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but um, doing some time for something <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> or work release program. <laughs> but um, that aside, you know, so when I went there, I, I, I don't know what expectation I really had, but it was really crowded that morning. And yeah. so there we are serving, but I knew he was watching. And so even though it wasn't apparent that maybe we're representing a church, it was apparent we were representing him. That's awesome. So even, even just something as simple as picking up trash. You know, there's a lot of cigarette butts on the beach, by the way, everybody. And, uh, you know, but to come upon one and then and kind of dig through, and it's going to sound silly, but just to dig through the seaweed and all mm. to get that butt. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to give it all for him. Uh, they may be watching because, again, the beach was crowded. 
But, you know, it really didn't matter because you didn't want to go there and just be casual about it or complacent. You really wanted to, to serve him. So it's a lot of picking up the cigarette butts. <laughs> John, that's really powerful. I loved what you said about how um, he's watching. And something as simple as picking up trash has so much significance to it when you know the Lord's in it with you. Uh, so that was really neat to hear. Yeah, I love the highlight of you guys uh, doing it for him because we talk a lot about we're doing it for HHI. It's one of our taglines for HHI, but really, ultimately, we're doing it for him. And by the way, you mentioned work release program. You are retired this year, so that's a form of work release, right? Okay, so anyway. Sure. John, we're so glad that you and Linda and your group, uh, you guys served at the beach, and it, it is a, a way of representing Jesus and making an impact in our community, and very thankful for, for you guys doing that, and a great reminder of doing it uh, for the Lord. Um, Mark, Mark uh, uh, is, uh, he and Julie have been with us for a long time, even before you guys uh, moved here. Uh, you guys were, were uh, I guess, kind of in two different places, and uh, you have also retired uh, to Hilton Head and been a part of our church for a long time. In fact, I had the pleasure of officiating your daughter's wedding uh, four years ago uh, on the Saturday after Hurricane Matthew. So uh, those of you who are a part of that know how uh, amazing that was that we could even have it, and uh, just a, a great thing. Uh, and, and Mark and I were on the same team over at, uh, we were over at the Boys and Girls Club, and which is really interesting because Mark and I aren't typically on the same team because he's a big Green Bay Packers fan. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. They're playing against each other tomorrow night. Your team's going to play the whole game. Mine is only going to play three quarters of the game. I'm just telling you that's the way it's going to be. So anyway. And you, usually that's enough. That, you, we, haven't, we haven't done well against the Falcons. It won't be tomorrow, I promise you. My sports talk with Todd and Mark here. Anyway, okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, tell us what we did over at the Boys and Girls Club last Sunday. Okay, the Boys and Girls Club is located on Gumtree. And for those of you that aren't aware of it, um, it sits back a little bit from the road. It has an entrance. So our task was to clean up the landscaping. A lot of, you know, windfall, dead branches, limbs, um, and then you have the creeping vines on the trees and the fences, and that was kind of our task. You know, make the entrance look much better, more appealing, have some curb appeal, that type of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so we kind of had a group. We started off, you know, Matt was our leader. Uh, we started off with a prayer, and we kind of dispersed. Uh, and it's a quite a good-sized area to police, and so we weren't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of togetherness, and there wasn't a lot of public interaction like I think they had at the beach, but, um, you know, we had the staff there and just our members. So we were, you know, doing the task, and as Todd kind of challenged us to not be focused on the task, it was kind of tough to do. It was. Right? Yeah. We were focused was. on the task. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was tough to, to do that, and I was there with you guys. It was We, we had a big job, and, uh, you know, it, there weren't a lot of people around other than uh, the board members and some of the staff members, and it was a great, really, building relationship-building exercise, I think, with the staff and the board at the Boys and Girls Club. And by the way, the Boys and Girls Club is an amazing organization uh, that helps uh, our students in our community for with after-school care. They do an amazing job over there. Kim Likens is the director. She does an amazing job. Because we weren't interacting as much with people, uh, how do you see it connecting to our mission, which is to passionately share the message of Jesus and lead people to follow him? In a, in a project that was very task-focused, how does that connect, Mark? You know, that's a tough question. I think, you know, as we were 
responsible for the partners that we keep on the island and, and try to help out. Uh, we need to be good stewards of, of those facilities that we, we work in and work around and be sure that we're doing everything we can to help those facilities and operations organizations be successful. So I think it's key that you know activities like what we had last Sunday, and it needs not to stop just on that Sunday. It needs to be continued throughout the year. They have a lot of work to, to do there. And you know, personally myself, I, I need to get out and do more of that. And I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think that's one of the things that having Serve Day shows us is, is how we can be more a part of it, uh, kind of part of, of the message really today. You know, the thing I was thinking of is also when we serve like that, some of our partners, it becomes a multiplier because they have people that come out. There's some energy there, and then we help multiply that. It almost becomes a multiplier because we have a lot of people. And, um, you, you know, you guys who are willing to help out, man, it's great. I know it's a, it, for them it's a shot in the arm. It really is. And so um, I want to thank you, man, for serving over at the Boys and Girls Club. We've got a few few uh, thorns uh, still stuck in my fingers uh, from doing that, but uh, it was great work and, and very thankful for John and Mark. Why don't you give it up for John and for Mark this morning? And I'm going to ask our next set to come on up, Stephanie and Trent. And as they come up, I also want to just point out that uh, you're hearing from four people who served during Serve Day last week. But uh, the reality is, is that they just represent many of you, right? They represent all of you. Because there were 75 people who served or prayed, uh, intentionally prayed for Serve Day last week. And I got to tell you, during a period of time in our lives where we've got COVID and our world um, and when things are such kind of upside down, that is awesome. That's great that our, our church had, of, of the 450 or 500 people that call this their church home, that we had 75 um, who, who were a part. And I, I just want to thank you all um, for doing that. Um, we've got Trent here. Trent uh, Myers, Trent and Lori are part of our church now for a little over a year from Ohio. So we're glad to have you. Uh, so anyway, a very commonplace. And then Stephanie Songer. Um, Stephanie, thank you for, for being here and sharing this morning. Why don't you give it up for Trent and for Stephanie this morning? Trent, you were a part of the team that served Deepwell, which is an amazing organization um, in our community. Probably the longest, uh, you know, uh, oldest, uh, not, you know, not in terms of people, but age-wise in terms of that organization serving in our community, making a huge impact with those in the greatest need in our community. Tell us what you guys did over at Deepwell. Well, we went over, basically cleaned up their trucks and equipment that they used to help others in our community. They do things like um, going out for national disasters. They've helped out our people having regular disasters in their lives. They help them out, up, step them back up, put them yep. on their feet, that kind of stuff. So having a vehicle that is clean, the inside and out is important so that they feel like they're ready to help others in our community. Absolutely. It's huge. And, and a big part of their responsibility is going and delivering furniture and supplies to people who are in need. So it really, those, they really rely on that. This wasn't just a car wash, right? This was like really getting detailed. And I know Jesus was your leader. Um, you, you saw, I think, maybe some really cool things happen. Tell us a little bit of maybe the aha moment. Um, yeah. Part of that was just watching. We had all ages. Jesus, of course, being our leader. He's a younger man, works hard, helped out, uh, including him, even some of our older adults that were with him, and working together because the church is generational. <laughs> and that's an important thing for I us love to be that. 
generational, not just our older folks, but our younger folks and everybody in between working together for the common good of God. I love that. I love that aspect of generational serving together, generationally, like across the generations. And I think that's something that you don't see in a lot of churches. It's just sometimes tends to lean in one generation, towards one generation or another. And right. um, man, Trent, thank you so much. And thanks for your servant's heart. Uh, you and Lori are amazing people. You guys are, are really amazing people. I'm really glad that you guys are a part of our church and uh, that you guys served uh, so well there. So thanks for serving at Deepwell. Well, and Stephanie, I'd love to hear a little bit from you, but before I ask her any questions, I've got to give her and her husband, Scott, a big thank you. They, uh, they actually live down in Sea Pines, and I think were originally signed up to do the beach cleanup uh, as well. And at the last minute, they let me call them up and say, hey, what do, uh, what do you think about driving about an hour out and coming to serve as part of my team on Antioch and probably taking about, I don't know, maybe three or four more hours out of their day than what was originally planned? And they were really gracious to say yes and to jump out there with us. And so Stephanie was part of our team to come serve at Antioch. And uh, so Stephanie, would you mind just sharing a little bit? I know Antioch has been one of our partners for a while, um, but maybe some folks don't know quite as much about it. So would you share a little bit of what you learned about Antioch and what we did out there? Sure. Um, so in full disclosure, we have um, a 16, 14 and 11 year old. And um, when Todd announced that we were having serve day, I just signed my whole family up. I didn't give anybody a choice. Um, and said they got voluntold. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I knew, honestly, that the Holy Spirit really had its work cut out for, um, for us that morning, just in terms of getting my kids out of bed. Um, so I was, we came to the service, and I was grateful that Todd talked about the fact that it wasn't about us. And so um, it really kind of started our day in a good in a good spirit and then we got to Antioch and um, Miss Jackie who is the executive director there um, just started talking about the work that Antioch does which is just amazing they really um, they serve Jasper and Buford County to families and kids in need um, so many different ways but they have an after-school program they have a certified nursing program to try to help people get you know, educated and then better jobs. They have a food pantry that is open six days a week. Um, and it just was an amazing place. And we went there, we were a small but mighty group, I would say, <laughs> uh, and we sort of split up. So there was three of, there were three jobs that we all did. Um, two of my children and I, we were inside and we prepared over 600 backpacks that mm. were gonna go out to students in need that week. Um, in both Jasper and mm. Buford County, wow. and also um, counted school supplies and just kind of helped get that, that organized. And then there was a group who did, um, a, it's actually, books. yeah, I was just- Lots yeah. of books. <laughs> I never actually knew how many books a bus could hold, but it was actually literally a bus on their property that they um, just put books in and were mm. storing them. So they needed them to be um, like sort of, you know, unloaded and looked through and categorized and stuff. So there was a group that did that. And then we got there and there was um, some home improvement type work that was really needed to be done. So there was a toilet to be found and installed, which proved to be an interesting challenge and um, a guardrail that needed to be fixed as well. So we sort of separated into groups, but it was an awesome, awesome day. And I was really, really grateful to be part of it. 
Well, we were thankful to have you. It's funny, Stephanie mentioned some of the construction projects that we did. And all of the construction projects that we actually ended up doing were things that we discovered while we were there. We came with a whole list of other things to do. And I don't think we accomplished any of those, but we, uh, a handrail broke while we were there, a toilet <laughs> broke while we were there. So we ended up kind of doing some impromptu things. Um, but it was definitely a great day as part of that. And we identified you know, so much of the work that Antioch is doing um, now and is going to continue to be doing that, that they need help with. Uh, you know, she mentioned Miss Jackie, and one of the things that I learned during this trip that was pretty amazing is that Jackie is really pretty much the only paid staff member there outside of an administrative assistant. And she leads a team of over 100 volunteers um, in all the work they do, which it really is. I, I have like 10 in student ministry, and I can't even imagine <laughs> what that would look like for 100. Um, and so she does some amazing work, and they yeah. need continued help. So one of the things that I know you and Scott have talked about and thought about and that we want to be thinking about is what does it really look like to, to really partner with them and serve, you know, maybe not just even Antioch, but just serving in general beyond a one-day event. And so talk to me a little bit. What are, what are kind of some of the things that you've been thinking about and praying about, about maybe what it looks like to continue to serve Antioch or even just to serve in general in the future? Yeah, I think that actually the day was just really the starting point for our family. Um, ja Miss Jackie was just such a great example of somebody who has a servant's heart, and it was just really good for our kids to see. I mean, they have a lot of um, great mentors in their life, but this really was... She just was a wonderful example for our kids. And um, we have talked about really trying to make it more of an actual um, habit yeah, in our life really and good. to do it a little bit more regularly. And actually, I did speak to Miss Jackie um, on the side, and she said that she would be happy to have volunteers any day of the week, um, whether it was church organized or not. So I actually did get her, her cell phone number. <laughs> and um, I'm going to make it a... Um, you know, a mandatory family day, but it's not really going to end up being mandatory. It's going to be awesome. And, um, and I think my kids will say to you now on the other side of it, that it was an awesome, awesome day. So cool. That's pretty amazing. We're thankful that uh, the whole crew came out and uh, pretty much doubled the size of our team for you guys to come as a family. So we're really thankful for what you did out there, Stephanie. Yeah, we sure are thankful for what you guys did. You didn't know you were going on a, a short-term missions trip that morning when you woke up. You thought you were going to the beach to do a little cleanup, and uh, it ended up being something different, but that's the way God works. And uh, I just want to thank Stephanie and, and Scott, of course, Trent and Lori, and all of you who served. Why don't you give it up for these here this morning? Thank you, guys. Thanks, bro. It is the last week of our, our series called The Answers Yes, and we've been talking about what it means to be the kind of church and be the kind of person, become the kind of church and become the kind of person that says yes when called upon to serve and to share and to minister. And I, I want to just kind of as a way of review as we kind of land the plane just for a few minutes this morning um, today as we've experienced this now, some of you got to be there and kind of 
test the waters, if you will. We've been talking over these last few weeks, and we've, we've kind of just focused on certain words. And we've said that the church that says yes to serve its community is made up of people who first week we talked about are willing, second week we talked about are available, last week we talked about how we're are flexible, that it's made up of people who are flexible enough. And today I want to focus on this last word that's faithful, faithful. And so the church that says yes to serve its community is made up of people who are faithful, faithful. And I want you to see this statement because there's something that I think is really profound in this statement, and that is, is that they are faithful throughout their lives. I think that's the important part of this statement, that they're faithful throughout their lives to serving the community in which they live. I think that the church has for a long time been known so much for what it's against and not what it's for. And we as a church, when we set out to, to you know, start Hilton Head Island Community Church, we wanted to be the church that our community would know what we're for, that we're for the gospel, that we're for changed lives, that we're for Jesus and we're for our community. But so often the church just kind of gravitates to this place where most of its people are not really serving in the life of the community. And today I just wanna talk briefly about two reasons why that may be the case among I'm sure many others, but two reasons why that's the case. And then I wanna talk about three ingredients for the recipe to become people who faithfully serve throughout our lives as we live our lives during the chaos and the fun and the ups and downs of life. And I think that the first reason that we may not serve throughout our lives is that most people don't view themselves as ministers. Most people don't view themselves as the ones who can do the ministry. I was at a, a wedding uh, a few weeks ago and I had a friend who had been the director of a parachurch organization here in the low country and ended up uh, moving and that sort of thing. And he came up to me and he said jokingly, he said, hey man, how's the life of being a professional Christian? And we kind of joked about it and like, you may hear that and you're like, ooh, that doesn't sound right, right? And it's kind of, it's a little bit of a joke among pastors and people who are in ministry, this whole idea of professional Christian. And, and we talked about it for a minute and I, I knew what he meant by that. And it was really kind of a funny thing for a moment, but I got thinking about that afterwards. And that's the way that most people think. Most people think that there are professional Christians and then there are just Christians. And that there are some people who are reserved or somehow like, you know, like specified that do the work of the ministry and that they're the ones that do the work of the ministry and it's always they that do the work of the ministry. And I want you to know that as a church, we are trying everything that we can to work against that. You see, I view our staff as the ones who are the administrators, but I view you who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church as the ministers. I view you as the ones along with us, of course, who do the work of the ministry. And we to do Justin and myself and Cynthia and, and Chris and, and, and Jesus and Matt, do we all, are we all a part of ministry? Absolutely. And we have our own specific areas of ministry, but as it's related to our jobs, like we want to prepare things so that you can be the ministers. 
And I wonder what the world would look like if everyone thought that way and viewed themselves as ministers. I think that we could reverse Preto's, Preto's principle. Some of you may know Preto's principle. I've even talked about it before, and it applies to math. It applies to business and economics and finance, but it also applies to the church. The Preto's principle says that 20% of the people contribute to 80% of the ministry. That 20% of the effort that you put in produces 80% of the results. And that is true. If you look at ministry efforts, that's true in the church. It's true in most parachurch organizations. And that's because the people in general don't view themselves as ministers. And I think it may be one contributing factor to the fact that we see Preto's principle. I don't know about you, but I dream of a church where we reverse that, that 80% of the people are involved in the work of reaching out to the community. And I think that the second reason why we may not have a lifestyle of faithfulness to contributing to the community is not just the fact that we don't view ourselves as ministers, but we view things like Serve Day as a one and done. We view it as a one-time event. We view it as a singular moment in time where the church put together this day where we go serve and we serve then and that's really all we do. And we just wait until the next serve day comes along. And church, I wanna be the kind of church where we don't wait for the next serve day. Where I love what Stephanie said, like you get the number of the person who you're serving and you follow up and on your own, you initiate that. You don't need to call our church. You don't need to call the office. You don't need to reach out to us and say, hey, can we go serve Sandalwood or can we go serve Backpack Buddies or can we go serve Deepwell and so on and so forth, that you guys just do that. Well, how do we get to that place? How do we get to that place where we all view ourselves as ministers and how do we get to that place where we don't wait for the next serve day to come along? Well, I think it's all about finding our shape and finding our place of service, and then being committed to faithfully serving our community on a regular basis. And I wanna give you three ingredients that I believe will lead to us as people and then us as a church being faithful throughout our lives to serving our community. The first one is this, faithfulness in serving happens when we see the people around us. One of the things I loved what Mark said in that moment of honesty, I don't know if you picked up on that, but in that moment of honesty, he said, you know, it really kind of showed me, I need to do this more. And that was something I thought when I was over there last Sunday is I need to do this more. We as a family need to serve more. We as a church need to serve more. And I think that part of the problem, part of the reason we don't is, is that we go through life, I know I do, I'm guilty of this too. We go through life pretty much focused on our needs, our situations, like the stuff that we're dealing with, the conflict that we may have, the struggles that are right in front of us. And so much of our time and our effort and our energy and our focus, our lens, if you will, is we see ourselves and we have blinders on. We walk through life not seeing the world around us. Jesus served all throughout his life. And if you know the history of Jesus's life, he, he spent 33 years on this earth and for 30 of those years, he didn't have a formal ministry. And in the last three years, he launched his formal ministry. But that doesn't mean for the other 30, the previous 30, he wasn't serving, he was serving. He was serving. 
And the Gospel of Matthew records kind of his mindset, where he was in Matthew chapter 9 before he called those 12 disciples together. I think it gives us a glimpse into where Jesus was as he saw the world. Check this out, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And Jesus went through all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And check out verse 36, and I want you to say the word with me. When he, say that next word, saw. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It wasn't until he saw the crowds, until he looked around and had walked through the cities and the villages and the synagogues, and he saw the people. His eyes were open to the needs, and he was compassionate, but it began with him seeing. And then he said to his disciples in verse 37, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And so we need to be people, if we're going to be faithful throughout our lives, we're going to be people who take our lens off and see the people around us and to see the needs around us. The second thing, second ingredient I believe that we need to have is faithfulness in serving happens when we serve the people around us. And some of you are like, that is the most insane statement ever. But here's the thing, some of us, some of us see the people around us. We don't do anything about it. We see the need around us we never make the connection. We know that people are hurting and we know that we could help fulfill that or at least we could point them in the direction to being able to fulfill that need, but we just decide to not do anything. And so it doesn't stop. It's not enough to just see the need around us. If we're gonna be people who are faithful throughout our lives and serving the world around us, we've got to make the decision to do the serving. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. It's called Galatians, it's this letter that we have. And he writes this in Galatians 5, and I'm gonna end with five, chapter five and chapter six. He says this, for you were called, now I want you to apply this to yourself. I want you to apply this to you right now. For you, and maybe even insert your name as you're reading this and as you're dwelling on it, those of you who are at home, maybe put your name in here as you read it. For you were called to freedom, brothers, he says, he writes. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he ends with verse 15, which is a great, great picture of what's going on in our world today, I think. He says this, but if you bite and devour one another, Watch out that you are not consumed by one another. There's a lot of biting and devouring going around in our world right now, is there not? We as the church can use our freedom not for ourselves and to bite and devour others, but we can use it to serve the world around us. And then lastly, once we've seen people, once we've actually served people, the third ingredient to have a life of faithfulness and serving is that faithfulness and serving, serving happens when we refuse to stop serving the people 
around us. I love the story that Scott and Stephanie talked about because she talked about a few things that often happens when you're on a service project. And that is, is that conflict comes up or situations come up that are difficult, challenges arise. You know, they, they, they went in and created, did you notice they created their own project at Antioch by breaking the toilet and breaking the railing? I love that. That was awesome. It's like, hey, we don't have enough to do around here. Let's break some things so that we can be on a project. That's not how that went, but you get the idea. They had all kind of challenges, even in their home, right, getting ready for that morning. They had all kind of challenges, and I, I, um, I had someone talk to me once about a, uh, a missions trip, and they said, boy, those missions trips must be amazing. I mean, I'm sure God shows up, and it's just, like, perfect all the time. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me, really? Like, you take a bunch of people and send them into a foreign country, some of whom don't know each other, you're going to have some issues, right? You're going to have some challenges that come up. It's not easy serving the world around us, whether it's here, there, or over there. Challenges are going to come up. But church, I want you to hear, if we're going to be the kind of church that says yes, when called upon, we are going to persevere. We're going to not stop when it gets difficult. We're not going to give up when challenges come our way. We're going to press through. Paul reminds the church in the area of Galatia, in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, he says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. I want you to hear that again. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap. If we don't what? If we don't what? You could say it. If we don't give up. If we don't give up. If we don't give up, we will see the results of that. And more importantly, the people that we're serving will see the results of that. And in verse 10, he says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. Listen, church, I, I want you to imagine for a moment with me what would happen if all of us who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church lived a life throughout our lives as we live our lives during the course of our lives of serving the world around us. People's lives would be changed on an amazing scale. Not just numbers, but like the quality of life would change. Their eternal, we, we sang about it earlier, the, their, their destiny for eternity might change because God's people came together to serve the world around us faithfully, not just one time, not just in a vacuum, not just saying that's their job, but faithfully served throughout our lives. For those of you who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church, the first thing to do to, to kind of figure out where you are best shaped to serve as a minister is to jump online and take the shape profile. We've got this great tool. It doesn't take very long to take. It, it really helps you to discover your shape. And some of you are like, I don't want anybody to discover my shape. Okay, shape stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. And if you haven't found those things that kind of build up to your shape, man, I want to encourage you to go to our website, to figure that out, to take that short test, 
and find that out. Those results will be sent to Chris or Matt, and they'll follow back up with you and help you understand what it all means, and they'll help plug you into where your, um, where your best ministry is. And the other thing is, is we have all of these partners that we've talked about. We talk about them all the time. We have amazing partners like Deepwell and the Boys and Girls Club and Antioch Educational Center. And you can go to our website and find out more information about them. And you can just go serve them. You don't have to, be wait, you don't have to wait till the next serve day to do that. You can go serve right now. Imagine what would happen if we all found our shape, if we all got online and figured out how God's made us so that we can change our world and live our lives of faithfully serving the world around us. I wanna encourage you to do that, to go online. You can actually go to the back. There's some signs there that have a QR code. You just take your camera and just put it up to that QR code and that page from the website will pop up. I wanna encourage you to do that as we say yes when asked to serve and to share and to minister to our community. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you because this is kind of the end, kind of the culmination of these last four weeks of talking about what it means to be the people in the church that says yes in our community. And I want to pray a prayer of dedication over you here, those of you who are here in this house, those of you who are a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church. For those of you who are online, put down your waffles. It's almost noon, okay? Put down your ham sandwich, okay? Whatever it is, all right? And I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you also. So let's pray and let's dedicate ourselves to the Lord as we go out and say yes to serving in our community. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to serve you. The fact that you have entrusted us to be your ambassadors is huge. God, it doesn't we don't take it lightly. We know what it is that you trust us. We know how heavy of a burden that is. But Father, all of those within the sound of my voice who have, who have put their faith in you have the opportunity to serve you as ministers. There's no like organizational chart in your word that talks about anyone is greater than someone else. In fact, you bring it all to equality. You bring it all down to the most basic level. And Father, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray for those who are in this room right now who are part of our church. God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would help them to serve the world around them and the community in which they live faithfully throughout their lives. God, I pray that you would help those who are listening and watching online, whether it's now or whether it's in the future. Father, I pray that you would give them strength God, help us to see the world around us. Help us to see the needs. Help us to see the areas where we can fill in the gap. Help us to see the connection between the need physically and the spiritual need that you provided by sending your son to die on the cross. Help us to see the world around us. Help us to serve the world around us once we're aware of the need. And Father, I pray that we as your people would never stop serving, even when it gets difficult and it will get more difficult as time goes on. Help us, God, as we as a church and we as your people do everything we can to answer yes when called upon to serve and to share and to minister to our world. 
And I pray that this community, Hilton Head Island, or the communities in which people are listening right now and they'll serve. Father, I pray that they're better. I pray that they're better uh, because of the service of your people, your ambassadors. Help us to do that to the best of our ability. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to invite a friend of mine, Mike Flood, up to the stage. I want you to meet Mike Flood, and uh, Mike and Sarah are, have become good friends uh, of, of ours, and uh, Mike is uh, an amazing guy. How you doing, brother? We're not really socially distancing, but that's okay. You can come on over here. He, he's, a, he's an airline pilot, so I think you automatically have like a vaccine or something, man. They don't, they don't, tell, us. They don't tell us about this stuff, do they? Anyway, he's a, he flies uh, for uh, Delta, and um, Mike, I want you to hear just for a few minutes as we end today, I want you to hear Mike's story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate being up here. I, my family, we've been here since 2012. We've been here at Hilton Head Island Community Church since 2013. Um, I have with me, um, I'm super blessed. I have a wonderful wife, Sarah. She's um, God's perfect blessing in my life. I also have three awesome boys, Mike, who I'm awesomely proud of, Nick, super <laughs> proud of you, you're a great man, and Connor, love you guys, and I'm so proud of awesome. you all. So, that's our family. We live here. That's We've awesome. been with Hilton Island Community Church for for that seven-ish years. Yeah, and, um, that's right. I grew up Catholic, New Yorker. Yep. You can tell perhaps the accent comes out <laughs> once in a while. Um, yeah, couldn't tell. I'm the Catholic <laughs> originally, and uh, I guess I'm a Reformed Catholic maybe right. is what you might say. Um, although I did, you know, I, I learned a lot in yeah. catechism, and it yeah. helped me with a foundation yep. and right. curiosity for God and Jesus. And uh, I guess I ultimately accepted Christ truly uh, when I was 21. Mm. Um, and then for 16 years, I, I suppose you would call me a prodigal. Maybe I did not walk the walk. I did not uh, grow in my faith at all for 16 years until um, Easter Sunday morning on 2002, Mike mm. and uh, Sarah and I, it was Easter morning and I said to myself, geez, I guess I have this kid, I probably should go to church, you know, so I don't know if that was Catholic guilt or the Holy Spirit moving in me, but either way, we, we I literally in the phone book found a church right down the road. It was a wonderful church. What's like, this thing, phone book? What is a phone book? A phone no, I'm, just book. Oh, right. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Look it up. Google. <laughs> Google um, it. Anyway, found a church. It's funny. Uh, turned out to be a great church. We heard a fantastic, wonderful message. And this was in Houston, in Texas. In Houston, Texas, yep. when we lived there at the time. Yep. And um, we did not turn back. We, um, mm. Sarah committed her life. We were, I recommitted my life, awesome. and we were baptized there. And we haven't looked back. We've been awesome. walking and, and serving and mm. um, small groups and, yep. and ministries since then. And really involved in the life of this church these past seven or eight years, uh, really since we moved into this building. And, uh, man, you've just had a great influence in my life and in my family's life, which is what I want to talk about. Um, you serve in Ignite. And Ignite is our preteen ministry. You guys do some fun and goofy stuff back there. Um, but you you lead our preteens um, along with Jim Daniel, who's one of our current elders, um, and uh, Peaches Peterson and others. Uh, Peaches is a great lady. You've, I've interviewed Peaches up here before. Amazing lady. Anyway, you guys serve in that area. And I know we've benefited. And I want to know, um, because my kids have benefited, why do you serve? the way that you serve in the life of this church. And by the way, Mike also serves outside of the walls of the church, but I want you to hear about this and why he serves. 
Well, I, I, I knew you were going to ask me this, so I came, to, came up with two good reasons to keep it short. Um, and not in order of importance. I'll tell you, the first one is that um, I discovered long ago that, um, that I just really enjoyed it, that, I, mm. that it was part of my shape, right? That mm. even before I knew about your shape program, yep. tw uh, you know, Mikey was in Mikey 63 now, and I have to call him sir, I think, but <laughs> he was in kindergarten, Remember and um, I volunteered in kindergarten class, and then became a Cub Scout leader, mm. and, and the Boy Scout leader all throughout, and I just really, I had a heart for, mm. for kids, the age, obviously, yep. in shape. Yep. Um, so I discovered yep, long ago good. that I just really loved it and enjoyed it. Um, I mm. couldn't tell you why. I think mm. I found out later the real reason why. But anyway, so that's the first reason. Yep. But more importantly, the second reason, um, and truly I say, is because my Savior commands it. Mm. He, you know, Jesus yes. told me that. And yep. so, you know, you mentioned earlier, he, throughout his ministry, he taught us and showed us and mm. how to serve and how to love others mm. throughout his ministry. And then on his very last night on the earth with the shadow of the cross looming, yeah. several hours left with his disciples. Um, he had some profound and important things to say to his, his team, you know, mm -hmm. his guys, his 12, yeah. yep. 11, 12. <laughs> and, um, you know, John's gospel uh, explains it very well. And I'm, I'm really moved by John's account of it because it talks, as you know, about how Jesus uh, in the middle of the supper. In the upper room. Yep. In the upper room. Yep. Uh, the, the night of Pentecost, or I'm right. sorry, the night of, uh, what, they, this, what was that, the service they were having, the Jewish? The, uh, the, uh, uh, the feast. Of, yes, the feast. I can't remember so right now, but yeah. The, uh, so he's Caught me had, off guard. So they're having dinner, I think, is what it's called. Passover. Translation. Uh, <laughs> Passover. I was thinking so Seder supper, dinner. but Passover. Passover, the Seder supper, yeah. yeah. He gets yeah. up from the table, and he um, begins to wash the feet of his disciples, the creator of the universe, the one who made the water with which he is washing their feet, decides to wash the feet of his disciples. And now that has, on many levels, that's super profound. And there's one level that you're going to have to take because I can't go there, but it has to do with spiritual cleansing and that sort of thing. That's for next week, right? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, so, sure. Yeah, it is actually for me. For next I'm just week. the pilot, so the next layman week. thing. I observe him mm. humbly, you know, step serving him, serving mm. his his mm. guys, his team, his best friends. Mm. And he also had some important things to say to them. I know probably if I knew I was going to heaven tomorrow, I'd come up with something profound to tell my kids, like, you know, don't bother with the Brussels sprouts because they're really not worth that it. That is good advice, though. You know, or, you know, uh, football is a game of inches or, I, you know, something cool like that. But, but here's Jesus and what he says. First of all, he, he washes their feet and then he has some important things. Wow. He says to them later on in the supper, he mm. says to them, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Love that. Mm. I thought that was awesome. It didn't say that you have love, which is a noun. Wow. He said, I want you to love, which to me is a verb. A verb in second grade I learned is an action word. Yeah. Yep. I don't think it's changed. Love is a verb, it's an action word. So cool? get out and do it. But he didn't, he didn't follow up with that and say, and here's, here's the things that, like you've got points on the screen, which is great. Yeah, he didn't have he that. He didn't have the screen, <laughs> so he, just, he didn't bother with that part. But what did he do? 30 minutes prior, prior to that, he, he showed them how to he do did. it. He modeled it. He modeled it, he showed mm. it, he got on it. So, mm. so you know, long story short, that story for sure is in my heart. And then cool? here's, how I, here's why I know that I love it, because later on in the dinner, he also said, um, if you know these things and you do them, you will be blessed. That's right. And that explains the joy I get mm. when I, I love that. 
when I finish serving. That's awesome. Isn't it awesome that in Island Kids and Ignite, we've got guys like Mike, isn't that incredible, serving our kids? Obviously not during COVID, <laughs> but uh, you know, you'll hear more information about our kids ministry, Island Kids and Ignite. But um, what, Mike is just a great guy. We've got right now, we have uh, Jim Daniel, Steve Donovan, and myself as elders. That's our governing body. And today I'm announcing to you that we are adding Mike Flood to uh, our elder uh, team. And man, I'm so excited about that. And why don't you give it up for him this morning, man? I'm excited about that. I I love, I love someone who serves. And I think that's what Jesus was looking for in the leaders he surrounded himself with. It's what he's looking for from us. That's what we're looking for as elders. And, and the elders, they keep me accountable. Um, I, they, I answer to them. They help us with huge, big picture things. But most importantly, they pray and they pray and they pray for this church. And I love a guy like his heart who serves, and I'm so excited. But um, there's a lot that goes into being an elder, and so I want to pray for him. So would you join me as we close out today uh, uh, by praying for Mike Flood? So would you join me, those of you who are at home, join me as well, and pray for their family. Father, I thank you for Mike and our friendship. God, I thank you for Sarah. And I pray your blessing over them. Father, will you protect them from the evil one? God, I thank you for Connor and for Nick and for Mike. Uh, I pray that you would just be with his sons, their sons. And God, I pray that you protect them. Give him as rich a ministry as he has um, when he's flying around the world and when he's serving the Boy Scouts and when he's serving back in Ignite as he explained today. Father, I pray that you would give him that kind of rich ministry as, an, as part of our elder team. And God, I dedicate him to you uh, over these next three years. God, would you protect him? Would you keep him? Would you grow him deep in his faith? And I thank you so much for Mike. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.